Suns fans, you know what time it is in the PHX. Empire of the Suns. Suns. Phoenix Suns. The Empire of the Suns podcast is brought to you by Sonic. Drive to your nearest Sonic location and try their new Choose Any Two for $7 deal for a limited time only. Empire of the Suns. Hello there, and welcome to the Empire of the Suns podcast. My name is Kellen Olson, joined as always by Kevin Zimmerman. What's up? Hi, how are you, baseball guy? Energetic, happy to be here, baseball <laughs> guy. Game five, I'm either going to see a very fun night for the D-backs or a team win a championship. So either way, we'll see something pretty cool. Um, as a little bit of a D-backs fan still from my childhood, just a little bit, just a little bit, a little, a little bit. Um, would much rather see them win tonight, but hey, you know, getting to be there for a, a team winning a championship would be cool in, a, in in another way. I guess it would be weird to do that again, though, after doing it. In Is it? Are they allowed to jump in the pool if they win? If the Rangers win? Oh, dude, I haven't even thought about all this. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I forgot my waterproof. I bought a waterproof phone <laughs> case specifically in case I was going to go in the D backs locker room when they were winning um, in the DS or the NLCS. It didn't take into account that I could potentially be going into the Rangers locker room tonight. Oh well, we will we will find a way to persevere. Perhaps we, the pool, anyway. I'm not I'm not going to the pool, brother. No no Cam Cox jump for me. I can guarantee that that's not happening. Let's talk about basketball. Um, do you want to have the same exact conversations again? Because that's basically <laughs> what we can do if you want. Uh, the Suns are two and two. There's a fly on me. So if you're watching the video on YouTube, you got to see me snatch it out of the air. That definitely happened, right? Can someone yeah. upload the replay? Don't please we'll don't. I don't want to see that. Dub in, dub in a fly being thrown. No, I don't want to see that at all. Uh, the Suns are two and two. They won a game and they lost a game. Um, they lost a game because of a fourth quarter meltdown. Oh yeah, remember that last week. Uh, and then they blew out the Jazz. They didn't really blow out the Warriors by any means, but we're more or less having the same conversation here Kevin where uh the team is really really good with Kevin Durant on the floor they are not so good when he's off the floor the defense looks pretty fine um but the role players and the and the depth in general does not look equipped for a situation like this where only one of the stars is healthy i think now i'm if there's anything i'm curious about after four games it's like okay how much better do these guys look um, the secondary options, Grace Allen and Eric Gordon bounce back. We'll talk about that, but more so the guys coming off the bench in this current rotation. Are those guys going to look better when another star is in? Like, is it is two stars enough, which it should be? Mm-hmm. Um, but this is an extreme version right now. The latest oh, yeah. on the injuries, Kev, uh, Bradley Beal has a low back spasm. That's what it's being labeled as now. It went from uh, back tightness to back spasms. I don't know when that happened, but book ankle sprain. We're still where we're at. We are being told there is no timeline. And then if you listened very closely to Frank Vogel's pregame press conference yesterday, he actually alluded to a timeline for Bradley. He said there's no timeline, but there is a timeline. Yeah. But he's like, we're just being cautious and sticking to the timeline. You're like, Oh, you just said that. Whatever. Max had a great tweet. Our friend Max who has been on the podcast before when you were um, having a child or something. I can't remember. (laughs) One of those things. It was like the Maverick series. I want to say, but he said the Suns treat injuries, injury news, like it's nuclear launch codes. And it's like, yeah, like just, I think there there is a um, a benefit there that they are not uh, willing to share, both for just like clarity sake for the discussion of the team, but more so like the the anxiousness of their fan base. 
because there's now tweets going up from like the lineup data um, automated kind of accounts like the fantasy accounts that say Vogel no timeline for Booker and someone will read that and be like is he out two months what's going on it's like he's probably going to be back in a week or two I would assume but it it, whatever it's it's just a, a little baby rant there as opposed to my rant from last week that was much more profound so we don't know. Uh, I would guess books back within a week, maybe two at the, at, at the most. Bradley Beal, I have no idea. Uh, backs are a lot more. We deal with ankle sprains all the time. Um, we do not deal with weird back things all the time, and I don't know muscles, if it's even a weird yeah. back things. Yeah, but it's just like the back is someone not with a terrible back, but a back that will just act up from time to time. Alex and I were doing uh, Alex Weiner and I were doing a stand up following game three of the world series and like when we got done i was just like ah yeah like my back started tightening up just because i was you gotta do the straight with a sit down do a crack for 10 minutes ah. yeah your, your old thing see now now that joke that i made <laughs> i made fun of you for is coming back to bite me but uh needless to say they need both of these guys back kevin because we're starting to get to the point now where i don't want to say that they are going to Plateau is not the right word, like um, stand in place, stay in place, run in place, whatever is not the right way to put it either. But you can only improve so much when you're not getting a good look at what your team is supposed to look like. I do think there's value, and we've seen, I think, the big thing from our last podcast was value in seeing Grayson Allen and Eric Gordon turn a corner a little bit. Like, they're not going to score 20 points every game like this, probably. Obviously, rules reduced. They're going to hit bumps in the road where they just have bad games, I think, because neither of them, again, are like super great on-ball guys who they're being asked to do too much. But you see the, okay, like just imagine when they're asked to do a little less, to stand a little more and, and just shoot and to make playmaking easier on them when they're catching on the weak side. Things like that, I think the last week we've seen like just how important they are. Um and honestly, I'm more impressed this week because just the Utah and how San Antonio probably should have gone yeah. looked like, okay, this team can block down, play defense. They should be 4-0 right now. Yeah, and they're, the floor spacing has really come out, I think, the last two games where they're just like f- tripping and finding themselves with 15-point leads without necessarily putting the hammer down on defense, honestly. Um, like, they've played good defense, could they be better? Yeah. Um, especially in the moments where they've blown leads, for sure. But I, I don't know. I Again, not much to talk about there, but you see the positives. You see why they constructed the roster this way, and you see why uh, the roster is very dependent on the good players being around. So, um yeah. Well, yeah. I was just, I was just kind of being cranky. Like there are different elements here. Like if I'm looking at the stats from the last two games, sixty assists, thirty turnovers. We talked about thirty nine yeah. and thirty nine. The last two games, they really cleaned up the turnovers in the, the Utah ball movement game. was really clean. And then the ball movement was the best it's been in the San Antonio game, at least for two and a half quarters. Yeah. Um, Utah game, they were up by I want to say nearly twenty in the second quarter. Grayson Allen and Kevin Durant on an 11-0 run in the early third quarter to get it above 30, and they were on a Utah was on saying it was back to back. They just didn't have enough in them. Didn't want to put up a fight there, whatever it was. In those kinds of situations, we've seen all the time. They do not speaking of situations we've seen all the time. The Suns were up 17 early in the mid second quarter, uh, in the early second quarter. Excuse me. 
uh, on Tuesday against San Antonio. And then even in the mid-third quarter, they were up 20, and then they were up 15, and then all of a sudden San Antonio hit seven threes in the third quarter to just kind of hang around enough. And all of a sudden it's a five-point game. Durant has to come back in with over eight minutes left, but then they stabilize a bit, but then San Antonio is hanging around. Durant makes Devin Vassell, or sorry, excuse me, Keldon Johnson slip, and that feels like the game is done. And I tweeted, like, that should be all. Yeah. <laughs> and then Vassell takes a really tough three. No one boxes out Wembenyama. So, like, we can talk about, like, the foul. Should there be a foul? We're not really going to talk about it, honestly. We'll just say, like, he got fouled. They didn't call it. But if there's a po- play to point at and be mad about or upset about it as a fan, it should be that one where no one boxed out Wembenyama. It was, what, Book? Or, sorry, not Book. KD and Akogi, um, just both didn't even have anyone around them, didn't look for anyone around them. Um, no, no timeout there. It makes sense sometimes. Uh, I understand the logic in not calling a timeout there because you don't let Pop set his defense and you just get the ball to Durant. You expect him to be fouled in the corner like he was um, for three or four seconds. And then by then, it's like there's been enough time that's passed that they shouldn't be able to just run in and get a layup. Josh Okogi nearly saved the game, by the way. If you watch the replay back, he so quickly takes two steps over and then Vertical. gets verticality yeah. straight up. But Keldon Johnson made a really tough finish at the rim. No foul call there. I'm interested to see um, the last two-minute report there, if they call that a clean. Um, I think it will be, but it should be. There but was, it was contact. It was one of those bang-bang yeah. plays. Yeah. Um, and then we'll see the L2M report for Duran. And if he was fouled as well, that should be coming out really any, any minute here. Uh, but then the play at the end doesn't work but the timeout i think it makes sense get it to durant right away but the reason why you always call a timeout in those situations to advance the ball is exactly what happened yeah now if san antonio steals the ball in the other in the backcourt they can just call a timeout themselves i believe they still had one left but with all of that said you you have to call a timeout there i think I so think so I think it's the box out one, the timeout two, and then no foul call three. Or just um, don't let them come back from 20 down. Like, are yeah. all ranked below yeah. <laughs> what is right here, which is just don't let them come back from 20. This is like a young team. They clearly were showing a little bit of fight, just kind of lock in for a little bit, but they just weren't able to, and we've seen those all the time. And um, Eric Gordon, who is pretty by the books when he talks, but he does have some poignant moments from time to time in like the couple of weeks that we've talked to him, just like said, we know better. Like, yeah, and and that was him, kind of alluding to what we all know in the room and what we all know watching that people don't really say. And like he didn't go on to expand what he meant by that, but we all know what he meant by that. Like they know better. Like they know better than to let a young plucky team hang around because then anything can happen. You can get a foul call, a, a foul not called that should have. Um, but to your point, in these two games that should have both been blowout wins, Durant twenty of thirty from the field, Gordon seventeen of twenty eight, Allen eleven of eighteen, the three pointers, Gordon has seven, Allen has eight. The rest of the supporting cast though, Nurkic seven of eighteen, Jordan Goodwin five of sixteen, Yuta six of fifteen, five of fourteen from Makogi, five for eleven from Nasir Little, and then seven for ten from do you bank so the efficiency for the other guys just hasn't really been there and more so when durant isn't out there sam cooper also a, a former guest on this episode or podcast I'm really struggling saying, like the wrong <laughs> i have to keep saying excuse me for misspeaking goodness gracious through four That's games happens. phoenix's offensive rating with kd is 117.6 on the floor when he's off the floor it drops to 81.7 their yeah. true shooting percentage is 47.4 which is rough if you've if you're not familiar with true shooting percentage and exactly where it goes 
that is really, really bad. And that's what you would more or less expect. The The defense, Kevin, we, I, we were pretty much headed for it through it a half of, or even two and a half quarters, we were headed towards, man, they've just been really solid defensively here for all four of these games, essentially. And then the Spurs score 70 points in the second half, and it's the Spurs team that, yes, they're hitting dribble, uh, pull, dribble pull-up threes, all this kind of stuff, but at the same time, like you just have to be locked in more, and, and they weren't locked in, and it was just slippage. That's all it was. It happens, and... We move on. We move forward. What, do, do you want to talk about Wemby? Because we're in between. We're going to see him again, but I... Yeah, we're, we're recording on Wednesday. Um, I, I hate to say it was what you expect because he's you've never seen anything like him before, but it was what you expect, where he made seven plays I've never seen anyone make before in a basketball court. Like the little flip-up and one thing behind him when he just like reached his arm up and if you foul him here his wrist is still like 10 feet long so it's just like oh i can still operate yeah. you can whack me in like that well elbow he can area. put the ball within like <laughs> two feet of the rim in a situation like that where he's going behind himself that block on there were two grayson. blocks on grace now and there was one where he just completely enveloped him in the first half and then the second half it was like a late recovery where he still got there in time it was like he was the one where Grayson was on the right side of the wing, and I, I think I talked about this earlier before the season, just like people can't conceptualize in their brain like, oh, Wemby, I don't know who was atop the key, but Wemby was like kind of on someone else atop the key. Grayson catches the ball on the right wing, and Wemby like takes one step and like can reach the release of the ball. Like mm-hmm. it, it's just reading that is completely different. Um, I'm going to shout out my guy, Mike Christie, who... I don't know if he's still at the University of Arizona, but this image, look, we can show images on on this podcast of Wemby's long arms contesting a Kevin Durant shot. It yeah, looks it like it's AI generated. Someone said that on Twitter. Um, yeah, there were fun two showdown moments. That was KD isolating on Wemby at the end of the first quarter, tried to get a screen to come over, didn't really work, and then he just isolated against him anyway, got to the step back on the baseline. Wemby couldn't even block that, and that was like a welcome to the league moment for him. Uh, And then at the end of the second quarter, KD got a half step on him on a baseline out of bounds play, dunks on him, Wemby comes back down the other way and dunks on, I think, Eubanks, Eubanks, I want to say. Um, And that that was insane, too. And he was was a real deal, man. Vassell looked really good. If you haven't been paying attention to the Spurs, which I don't blame you because they were awful last year, but if you were able to at least keep tabs on them like you and I are able to with our profession... He had a really good year last year before he got hurt. I want to say it was 20 games in, and then he was out for the rest of the year. 38. He played 38 games last year, excuse me. But he kind of had one of those years where it's like, no, no 3 and D man you just are. No. You, you, you can do the scoring a bit, and that's why he got paid a lot of money. And we saw last night he, he had some really difficult shots. He's a really good defender. I think we know that Keldon's pretty solid as it is. Good game it's from Keldon, like, yeah. What exactly is that? Zach Collins, another guy where, like, yeah, he's solid. Stay healthy. That's what it is. So that's why we, you and I, in terms of our Spurs optimism, if you want to call it that, when we were talking about them going into the season, like if Wemby is like a star right away, they do have some interesting pieces around him to at least be maybe competent. I still think they're going to be bad. Maybe it's too. Their depth is early. not like Charles Bassey, all due respect stuff. Like if he's in Jetty your is carrying the yeah. uh, thing. And I think he's been part good. of what Pop is doing as well with Sohan starting instead of Trey Jones, which probably should flip yeah. <laughs> soon now, uh, is so Trey Jones can lead that second unit because that second unit won't have much if he's not there. Um, but with that being said, um, 
Sohan in the starting lineup. It's just like you got to set up Wemby for success. That should be first and foremost what it is. But here we They're are telling fun team. Popovich how to do his job. Probably shouldn't do that. No. <laughs> Probably shouldn't do that. Coming up, uh, like we said, uh, like you teased, Spurs on Thursday. Uh, for those of you waiting for injury updates and you're listening to this at some point, Today, there will be an injury report where probably, again, Beal's going to be out and probably, again, Booker's going to be doubtful or questionable, maybe. I would pencil in, Kevin. Mm -hmm. They play on Saturday at 10 a.m. against Philly. That doesn't seem really realistic just because it's it's you're playing... Um, how I'm trying to do the math in my head. That's like 36 hours after the game ends, basically, against yeah, San Antonio Thursday. that you're playing again, and you're flying across the country to Philadelphia. I would guess that's not a game for Beal or Booker to play in. But then after that, they play the second game of a back-to-back in Detroit on Sunday, and then they're in Chicago on uh, Wednesday. So I would circle those two just in terms of how we're used to seeing um, things line up. And then if they're not able to get back there after Chicago on Wednesday, November 8th, they're going to fly home that night, I would assume, and then they're home for nearly a week uh, or just about a week with three games. So somewhere in like that five game sample. So basically what I'm saying is like they're not going to miss at least 10 more games together. Like we're going to see at least one of them back here pretty soon. I feel very confident in saying that. And I think it'll be sooner rather than later. But here I am just throwing wild guesses at the wall as usual. And sometimes they're right. Sometimes they're wrong. We don't know the timeline. There, we know there is a timeline, but we just don't know what it is. It's no. good to know that there is an actual <laughs> timeline that exists. But I like to know there's just a... not privy to information. Is that the right you use yeah. privy, Mister Editor Man? I think so. I just Indeed like knowing man. there's a plan. It makes me feel better inside when people have plans for expensive things for human bodies who are athletes. Such things, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think we're done. I think yeah. that's it. We can really... The thing is, we want to expand more on... Like, Jordan Goodwin didn't play well last night. Uh, Nasir Little had a moment where he hit two threes, and I was like, here we go, Nasir... Or Nasir Little, excuse me. But then in the second half, kind of fell apart. He had five fouls. Um, they... We'll just we just want to talk and give them a better chance to have like a discussion of what their games are once those guys are there. It's the same thing with like Grayson and Eric. It's like when they play against their teams roles, like this, yeah. They're going to have these moments, and they've stepped up in the way we've expected them to. Nurkic and Eubank, same kind of thing. Like it's, It just makes sense to have more of that conversation when those guys are rolling. We need those narratives to develop. We need ebbs and flows more. No, we should actually automatically react disingenuously to <laughs> uh, the way the guys are. And just, the sky is falling. The Phoenix Suns yeah. are losing basketball games when they're supposed to be good. This is why you don't do load management. This is why the load management era is bad, even though these two guys are very clearly hurt. I think they're hurt. Yeah. They are. You don't have to say think. They are hurt. Yeah. They are injured. <laughs> All right, man. All right. Clayton Toon. Toon time. It's Toon time. Get it done, Clayton. Josh got us halfway there. Thank Finish you for your job. service, Joshua Dobbs. Now go on your next journey in life. Boy. To the Minnesota Once Vikings. Once NFL defenses figure out figure out <laughs> how you do things, they sure figure you out, huh? Yikes. Yikes. Hope he does well in uh, Minnesota. Seems like a lovely place. Hope they treat him well. Hope he... Uh, They've got a nice facility out there, I've heard from... Hope they have good rocket engineering programs over there or whatever <laughs> else he, he needs, you know? And you did the salute. Yes, Thank I you do. for your service, sir. All right. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Go Snakes. They're alive. Not dead Still yet. Still alive. Bye.